As I stepped out of my house this morning, I said to, to Joe, I said, if somebody said to me this morning, what am I grateful for? I would say, I'm grateful for Bob. <laughs> Honestly, Bob and Vicky are amazing. Anyway, that was an aside. Um, we are very blessed and privileged this morning. Oh, yeah, tribe are going out, are they? So the uh, blaze is staying in and tribe are going out. Yeah, so we're, we are, are very blessed. Last year I was extremely blessed to sneak in on a trip to Zambia. Um, and um, uh, there I met Gift, who is uh, uh, really has been, uh, honestly, he's been raising up Gift's gift, one of his many gifts, um, is in really, um, I would say, really in raising up other leaders, discipling people. Um, and before he just speaks with us this morning, um, I just wanted to ask him a couple of questions. Big hand for gift. <clears throat> I just got a couple of questions I wanted to ask gift before he shares God's word with us. Um, and the first thing is, what do you do, gift, when you're, you're not doing church stuff? Tell everybody, because I kind of already know. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, everyone. Good. Um, just to get to the question, what I do, I do a number of things, but I just want to talk about um, how I'm serving the Lord apart from church and um, um, how I'm seeing God working in lives of people apart from the church. I work for uh, an orphanage where we have um, uh, children who, a number of them are HIV positive, and um, a number of them have cases where they don't have the trace of their biological parents because um, at some point they were just dumped. Like, it normally happens who I'm coming from. Uncle Chansa. So I can't call him Chansa where I'm coming from. That's disrespecting him. So he's Uncle Chansa in, in our context. You understand what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so um, we. You get used to that. <laughs> Uncle Chansa. <laughs> well, yeah, so we have such cases, and so through the Ministry of Social Warfare, they would bring those uh, children over and. Um, well, we see God's grace at work and see kids grow. And um, we have a number of them doing their tertiary education and through that, that, that support. I've never been there for, for a long time, but that's, that's the picture of what it is. Oh, yeah. And um, I love it. It's so challenging because it's very practical. Um, it's not something you can calculate and technically plan because you normally, I normally meet these guys on a daily basis, and you need to handle uh, their issues in a moment because a number of them are hostile, they are in denial, they want to know where their parents are, and um, they just feel frustrated with everything. When it's cool break, um, those with families, they would go to visit their families, and we still have the batch of these kids remain at an orphanage, and those are times we face situations where they ask you, does God love me? And so where do I go? I also want to go out for, for a holiday and stuff. And um, personally, I get stuck at some point because I have nothing to tell them, but from just 
grabbing, I mean, hugging them, holding hands, and just having prayer with them and stuff. And but what has helped me to to push through is building relationships with them. I was just sharing in the morning. So we've we have about eighteen domes. We call them domes, and each dome is the caregiver. Uh, we call them mothers, and so to promote the family uh, concept in those domes. And so um, they, when, whenever they misbehave in the domes, mothers would tell them, I'll tell gift what you've done, and they would beg not them to tell me. Like I said, not because I'm a bad person to them or I'm harsh or maybe I would beat them, but because of the relationship that we've um, developed with, with those guys. And so... Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the other thing, yeah, sorry. The other thing I wanted to ask uh, Gift about is the uh, um, the amazing uh, mission that you had a couple of weeks ago, um, the campaign um, that you you uh, WhatsApp me about. Could you just tell us a little bit about that and kind of where that's got to now? Wow. Well, yeah. Um, I'm coming from okay. Coming from Rema First Church. It, it's a young church, Nick Sawyer. So the church and seals up here, I guess. What's the average age? Do you think? Uh, 20, 35, somewhere there. Yeah. 28. We, we also have teenagers, I would say, but most of them mm. from that. Yeah, so... There's a slider thing, Dan, of that um, the mission thing. I'll go and find it. You, you tell us about it. So, two weeks ago, we had uh, a Jesus campaign in one of uh, the rural areas where we just went for four days preaching the gospel and the joy was that we 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 saw 46 people who received Christ as their Lord and personal Savior and um, and wow, good. yeah yes here we go um, so one of their cries was Please don't leave us. Don't leave us alone. So we said we are here to stay because that's the reason why actually we came. We, we are here to stay with you. And so yesterday I had three gentlemen who went there, youths, of course, who went there to conduct prayers and the Bible study. So the plan was in the morning they would go to do evangelism. And we still had a number of about five, if not mistaken, this, they, they sent messages to say we also reached out about five or so gave their lives to Christ. And so they spent time with these, with, with the 46. And it was amazing. And the challenge we are having is uh, they had yesterday was uh, when they went there, we didn't know the, from the time we left, some pastors who have churches there, they gathered and talked about um, our Jesus campaign. And uh, so they were not happy because um, some, some members of their churches are refusing to, to attend church programs because they heard the gospel. You may not have an idea, but I'm coming from a place where Christianity is conditional. If you want to be blessed, then you need to sow a seed. You need to do one, two, three, so, so you get the blessing or else forget All right. And so 
people want to hear what God is saying in their lives. So if, if your church is not prophetic to say, then you'll have no members in your church and all that. And so that, that's what has been going on. But when we went out there to preach, we just preached Jesus Christ alone, faith alone. And by God's grace, he helped us to explain what that means. And I strongly sense that's what I'm going to do in in and I'm sorry, Nick, because I may not talk exactly what I said in the morning because of what God is speaking right now. Yeah, and so we, we just Christ and people realize um, the worth of having Christ in their lives and what Jesus has done in their lives, and so they made a decision, of course, and not to continue sowing seeds. You understand what I mean? But to remain in the truth they heard. And that's what happened. So the three guys went there. They were summoned by those pastors they were talked to. But we thank God they still went out and preached the gospel because they said, we are just here to preach the gospel. And that's the thing. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about Jesus Christ and um, what it means. It's a lot. But what I have for us, what it means by the kingdom of God, right? And um, yeah. So... Let's go to Matthew 6, um, from verse 25 through 33. Wonderful. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Now, about what your body, about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than them? <laughs> and uh, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single power to his span of life? Okay, and why are you anxious about clothing? Good questions, right? Do you love them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither tire nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was, uh, was not obeyed like one of them, these rather, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Praise the Lord. And oh, all you of little faith, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Praise God. So, but... But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things 
will be added to you. Amen. Isn't that a good passage? It is, right? Kid. Well, I've already apologized. I've said, Nick, I've told Nick, I'm not going to talk about what I said. <laughs> That's all right. Good. So, I love what Jesus is doing on, on, the, on, um, on the mount with the disciples. He's helping them to realize they should not worry about anything, about what they eat, what they wear, and how tomorrow looks like, right? And he says, um, um, you don't need to worry. And he gives them two practical examples. So he talks about the birds, um, how they live, you get, right? So they don't, they don't have... <laughs> They don't have employment, do they? No, right? They don't have employment. They don't have anything whatsoever. They don't have farms like where I'm coming from and stuff like that. But they don't worry about it. All they know is that some creator will provide. And that's how days go by, right? And also he talks about um, the lilies of the, of the valley. And so he says... And you surprise, surprise to see beautiful plants and beautiful flowers in gardens and stuff like that. And he says, they don't live longer. Like, you see them today sprout. Tomorrow they, they die, right? And then he, he, he raises attention. He says, but I want you to know that even the wealth of Solomon could not be equivalent to how much God spent in forming this plant. Can that make sense to somebody right here? And then you're like, oh, okay. So we thought it's just a plant that would bring up and stuff like that. And then the Bible says, you, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't count if, you can't count those pounds if God would put it in pounds to show you how much he spends on one plant. But this plant... It's not going to stay forever, like 70 years and stuff like you understand, right? It's a flower, you, it may be plugged and stuff like that. It will be here today. Tomorrow it dies. But look at how amazing God is, how he's spending so much resources on this thing. And then he tends to them to say, how much more will he do to you? Amazing stuff, right? Oh, man. I feel, I feel the anointing moving in my body right now. <laughs> so, can you imagine that? So, here's the thing. So, the situation is very real. We worry about too much, right? Our health and stuff like that, how it's going to be tomorrow, and everything. We are so worried so much that we lose it, or all we want is to make sure that we see our lives safe, right? And so, we give up, we, we, we stop looking at Things that are so necessary to our lives and, and stuff like that. Because we're busy taking care of, we want things to fix things. And that's what I called in the morning. So we are in the survival mode, right? Because we want us to get, we want, we're so worried about things. And Jesus is, is challenging us to say, yeah, in my own ways. And looking at what Jesus said, it sounds to me that it's pride if someone is too worried. Because you think you do it all. You think you, you take care of yourself. Does it make sense? We, we have witnessed, we've seen situations where 
sad news would come. Oh, now he just walked up and as he was going down the road, he was bashed. I don't know if that happens here. But we've heard stories like that. And then it brings a question then. So who thinks takes care of you? All right? Who takes care of our lives? All right? So what I just want to do right now is to help us by God's grace to shift the focus from us to him. Because at the end of the day, it's him. Right? At the end of the day. I love John 3 verse 16. I want us to read out together John 3 verse 16. It's an amazing verse. At the count of three, please help me to read this scripture louder. One, two, three. Let's read it once more. One, two, three, go. For God so loved the world. Clap for Jesus. Oh, man. Glory to God. I've always respected this scripture from the time I, I knew it. It's so heavy, and I pray it's going to make sense right uh, in this moment. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not perish, but have eternal life. It's a command in its own nature, right? So whoever believes in him should not perish. Whatever, whatever the world thinks, you should not perish. The perishing is both physically and spiritually. You must not perish once you believe in Jesus Christ. And now the Bible is saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for us. Praise the Lord. All because he never wanted to see people like you perishing on earth and in their eternity. He never wanted to see it, it, it that way. Now, an amazing stuff is here. When the Bible says, for God so loved the world, I begin to look at what is he talking about. Because in the morning I was talking about, this is not a relationship of, this is not a brotherly relationship. I know how much you would love your brother because that's your blood. I know how much you love your sister, how much you love your family members because they are your relatives, right? And how much, how much you love your partner because he is your husband, she is your wife, right? But that's not what the Bible is talking about right in this context. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. This is what we call agape love. Now, what that means is amazing. I know you know, right? So agape is unconditional love. Not, that be, not because gift is so smart enough, not because gift has it all, but because gift is a sinner, he was lost, he's, we were enemies of the Lord, right? And then the Bible says, because you are my enemy, I'm going to send my son. Because you are a sinner, I'm going to send my son to die for you, so that you don't perish. Does that make sense to somebody? Let me shed more light to this. We'll, we'll get back to this. Exodus 32, verse 6. Um, let's pick it up from verse 5, and then we, we look at that. Okay. And you received the gold from their hands and fashioned it with 
a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, what did they say? Let's read one. Let's read what did they say? Let's read five. Huh? Mm-hmm. 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 These are the children of Israel for 430 years in Egypt, in slavery. God releases them by his grace, moving them from slavery, taking them to the land he promised them, right? Few days later, Aaron goes up on the mountain and they ask Aaron, Aaron grabs all the precious stones they got from Egypt or to make idols to worship in the wilderness. And do you remember what we, we read? These are our gods. Man can forget so easy, right? Are you telling me few days you've forgotten Yahweh delivered you from Egypt? Signs and wonders that happened in Egypt about de- Plaques of uh, God releasing in, 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 in Egypt. You remember, right? And God, to an extent of separating the Red Sea asunder, they, the Bible says they walked on the dry ground. They forget about all what God did for them. They made that thing, and then they said, this is our God. I wouldn't want you to imagine if you were a God in this position. That was going to be the end of the children of Israel. Trust me. It was going to be the end. Me delivering you from there and all you could do is to do this. And you think I'm okay. Right? But look at how amazing Yahweh is. He decides to forgive them. How do you feel about that? Painful, right? But he decides to forgive them. And today, we still have history that they entered the land of Canaan. Now, the last, this part is so crazy. Because I, I have a Jewish friend who taught me, who shared what this means. In other visions, you talk about they would wake up in the morning, eat, drink, and have sex. And what this meant, <laughs> what they did was... They didn't care if I have a wife, you have a wife or a husband. That morning, you grab whoever. Even if this is my wife, someone would grab my wife and have sex. And, and it's okay. They, they would play like that. How do you feel? Now, you are God who has just delivered these guys from Egypt. And before they could go any further, this is how they are doing very ungrateful, and they can't make Shane talk about you. Can you imagine? They can't talk about you. And all they could do is just to eat, drink, and dance, and do crazy stuff like that. Nobody can be like God. Nobody. 
you would quit right here and say, I'm done, right? I am done. But he forgave them. Would you give us Jonah chapter 4? I want to show you another part of the story as we talk about John 3 verse 16. Amen? Wow. So, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew. For he what? He knew. What an amazing thing to know God, right? So he says, for I knew that you are gracious God. You are a gracious God. And what? Merciful. To the east. Oh, sorry. Slow to do what? To anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, oh Lord, please. What is he saying? Please what? I, I can't stand this. Let me die. I can't stand your grace. It's just too much. These guys are our enemies. You, you know how much they've offended us. You, you know how they killed us. And now you want to forgive them. I would rather die than seeing them. these guys leave. Kill me right now. Kill me. <laughs> oh, man. I love this. And then he says, for it is better for me to do what? To die than what? Jonah. That's Jonah for you, right? And the Lord said, do, do, you, do you do well to be angry? And then the Bible says, Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the, uh, of the city and made a booth for himself there. And he sat down in, in the shed till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shed over his head. Amazing. To save him. To do what? To save him from his um, discomfort, yes. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked that plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on the head of who? John saw that he was what? Faint. And he asked that he might what? So he's not stopping giving this request. What a request. God kill me. Let me die, he said. It is better for me to die than to what? To live. God. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? Look at the answer. Amazing. And he said, yes. I'm very angry. I do well to be what? Angry. Angry enough to die. By the way, this is God is talking to you. Do you remember? Not, not the neighbor you are seated next to. This is Yahweh, the creator of heavens and the earth. Now, Jonah has this guts to respond to God. He was very much upset. You understand, right? Yes, I'm, I'm very angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, 
Oh, you pit, you pit the plant for which you did not labor. No, did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in the night? And should not I, Peter Nainiv, that great city? Now look at what is happening. These people, God sends Jonah, go and preach the gospel, the message in that land. And so, look at what he was doing. So he would just go, yes, the Lord has told me you die, you die, you die. And he runs away. Oh, because he doesn't want them to repent. He doesn't want them to change. And he would go waiting to see how God is going to smash them. For a number of days. But one thing he never realized, the moment he stepped in the land and he said what God told him, he brought God's presence in Nineveh. And when God's presence is in the land, there is life. So the mistake we should not have right here is to look at how they repented, is to look at how God was ready to be amongst them before they could actually repent. What a gracious God. Being there before they could repent. And now some gentleman, because of what he knows about these people, he desires never them to leave. Please, God, let me die if these guys will leave. Let me die. I can't stand this. And then he tells them, so that plant, you remember it? Yes. So did you plant it? No. But why are you so worried about it? No, because it's a plant. Now it's dead. Yes. So that's how I feel about my people, the people I formed in my hands. You do. You are so worried about the plant. You did not plant, but I formed those lives. What a joy. My goodness. To realize that you were in God's hands. No matter what you think about yourself. No matter what you think about yourself. Today, the devil is so, is so much hard on us, crushing our mindsets, crushing our conscience because you've sinned, because you've done one, two, three. And so you feel like God hates you so much, you can come to the Lord and because you feel, you feel so stupid. You understand, right? But here is the message. Look at the children of Israel. Some few, if not 10 days after that, they sinned that much. Sinned that much. They were in slavery for 430 years, but they literally forgot in days. And they misbehaved that much. That degree of sinning against God. And yet God says, go you rich. And they reached Canaan. And then he portrays another picture. Here is Jonah who is very much upset about these guys because of how much they, were. They, they tormented the children of Israel. And then I want to forgive them. And he says, I knew it. I knew. I knew because you're too gracious. So forgiving. Yes, I knew. No wonder I went the other way. No wonder I went the other way. That's God for us. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him. My goodness. It's like the story of, of the prodigal son, right? The Bible says, before the child reached, the father ran after him. And the question is, what was the father doing? So it was the duty of the father every time in the morning. He would wake up, abandon his work. And all he would want is to wish for the coming back of the child. 
Romans 5 verse 8. The Bible says, when we were still sinners, he sent someone to die for us. When we were his enemies, my goodness, he reconciled us. And the, the question comes in to say, how much more shall we be reconciled? Because when we were sinners, he sent someone. Before we could actually believe, call on his name, he sent Jesus to die for us. And the question is, how much more will he love you when you've confessed his name? Sometimes we feel when you've offended God so much and you feel like he has deserted you, he's run away from you. That's what we think. Those are the ways of the devils. Those are the tricks of the devils. Before we believed in him, Christ was on earth. Dead. Literally for you. Today we are talking about 2,000 plus years, right? And we still have sinners. Do you even know that he's already died for them? Whoa, what a love. Are you understanding that? And so, and the question is, how much more? Having been reconciled when you are in Jesus Christ. This is our victory we have in Christ. This is the reason why the devil can't touch you whatsoever. You understand, right? Because we have much forgiveness. This is what Colossians 1 verse 13 and 14 talks about. It says, thank God for Jesus Christ who has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son. Where we have much forgiveness and redemption. Much forgiveness. Hallelujah. Right there where we're seated, we are greatly forgiven by God, no matter what you've done. He doesn't care what you've done. He's still, the, he's still behaving the same way he behaved because we know him. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever he shall be the same, right? So if he did that to the children of Israel, who messed up greatly in that way? Few days after the deliverance, they created something. They pointed out, this is our God. Let's bow down. Excuse me. The way I would release bombs to kill everyone right there. You understand what I mean? It doesn't make sense. It's not resonating. But praise be to God. That's how loving, that's how forgiving he is. And that's how forgiving he shall forever be in your life. No matter what has been done, what you did in your secret place, in your secret world, he does not matter. What matters, he loves you. He really loves us. He really loves us, and this is the kingdom he wants us to take out there. Someone to turn back to say this much love, and we turn back, turn to the world, and begin to proclaim him daily. Talk about his forgiveness. Talk about how much he forgives you every day. Can you imagine? My goodness. People can write. The Bible says, each and every new, each and every day, there are new mercies. What kind of a God is this? Every 24 hours, new mercies start over your life. He forgives you before you could wake up. Oof. Before you, you kneel down in the morning to do your prayers. Some, we may do your prayers at 6, 7 and stuff. But 24 hours, new mercies. Automatic. That's the nature of God of our lives. New mercies over your life. Before you could say, Father, forgive me. New mercies over your life. This is the kind of a God we are serving right now. This is the kind of a God we worship right now, friends. And this is the God we want. He wants us to go out and talk about. Talk about him. You, you know how much you've offended him, but he's not upset with you. Amazing stuff. 
He's never finished. He still wants you to be on his side. Romans 2, verse 4, is amazing. The Bible says, just, just this part, that's, that's, you can read everything, but my interest is in. God's, don't you know that it, God's kindness leads us to repentance? Why would you not know that? May everybody in this house realize, even in your unconscious state, you forever remember God's kindness leads us to repentance. So actually, it was as a result of the kindness of God that led that land, native, to repentance. It's actually the kindness of God, God, he demonstrated on the children of Israel, led them to enter the land of God. Today we are talking about you being a child of God, not because you are too good enough. That is because of his kindness. For sure, and this is the reason why he's not going to kill you when you offend him. This is the reason why he's not going to spank you when you offend him. But he will forever forgive you whether you like it or yes. He will forever forgive you. And so that someday you stand and say, may I stop this nonsense because there's never been a man who has been so good to me like this. Shall we stand? Praise the Lord. In case you are right, we are you're here and you feel like you've offended him so much and you feel like you are useless. Those are voices of the devils you should know right now. There's nothing that you can do that will make him upset. Nothing on earth. Nothing. This is how much he loves us. Oh God. Isn't that the good news we want to extend to our neighbors, our friends? Let's not watch our friends. The Bible says, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you know, if you feel, if you think he loves you this much, you will never be silent. Trust me. This is the reason why where I'm coming from, we are so mad. And we are, we are fired up for, not because we have it all, not because we, I know the entire Bible, you know. No, but because I have come to grasp the love of God and I can't sit back but to go to places and talk about him alone. Him alone. So shall it be. We can still do this. We don't need to be casual about it. We, we need to be very excited because he loves us much. I want you right there, you're standing. I don't know what kind of prayer you do, I don't know, but can you just say some words in the seconds? Let's just raise our voices and thank him. Bless the Lord, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for your love. Thank you, Lord God, for your love. Ooh, blessed be God. This much love for us. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord, at work in our lives. Which is for me is this match in Jesus' name. So in the morning we, we in the morning we said, You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My death to pay from the cross to the grave. From the gray to the sky, Lord, I lift a name. What a practical example he gave us, right? Shall we just put our hands together as we just clap for you? Thank you.
let's just take a moment and let's just think a little bit about what Gift has shared with us. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for us. Remind me of a story I heard many years ago of a man called D.L. Moody. He was a very, very famous preacher, and it started a revival in this country. And um, one day an Irishman went over uh, to his country, to Chicago, and he said, would you mind if I preach to your congregation? Well, he didn't really want him to, so he let him preach in the afternoon when he knew only the women would come. And um, so in the afternoon he started to preach, and uh, the trouble was that the more he preached, uh, the more women came. And they, they, they kind of, you know, did their washing early, and, um, uh, and in the end he said, what, what, what's happening? What's this man preaching about? And they said to him, um, oh, he's preaching that God loves us. And D.L. Moody said, well, he's wrong. <laughs> Because the God he was preaching, a God of hellfire, uh, kind of only at that time. And that, that message completely changed his preaching um, when he, he understood there was something about God that he'd missed, that God loved us. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, could you <clears throat> take what we've heard this morning, Lord, and work it into our lives, Lord. Work it into our hearts, Lord. Help us to believe that you really love us, Lord. Help us to understand the cross, Lord, that you gave your son, Father, that uh, even while we were yet sinners, Lord, you died for us. Lord, we pray as individuals, we pray as a church. Reveal more of your love to us, Lord, that we might be excited about it, Lord, that it might change and transform our lives. I just felt one other thing, and that was that... um, Jonah is such a good example of God's grace in using us, isn't he? The greatest revival there has ever been in the world. What was it? 120,000 people in that city, and they were all saved, every one of them. And God used this angry, running away man. And in the end, the only obedience he did was that after the fish had spat him out on the beach, he eventually got in the right place. And God used him. It just shows how God doesn't need us to be incredible to use us, doesn't it really? And uh, I just wonder whether uh, if in your hearts this morning you're sitting there and um, you're thinking, I think God wants to use me. I think God wants to use me. And I want to be used by God, but I feel completely useless and unable. I just think God's saying, "You're you're the one. You're the man, you're the woman um, that I've chosen. It's not to do with who you are. It's to do with who I am. And all you have to do is obey me. And Father, we just pray, Lord, you get us all in the right place, Lord. Father, we'd be prepared to put down our own plans, our own ideas, um, our, the way we've worked out our lives to look after ourselves, Lord. And just say, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you want us to be, Lord Jesus, I'm willing, or I'm, I'm just willing to be made willing, Lord, but get me in the right place, Lord, because I want to be useful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gift. We have loved uh, having you here today. Let's give Gift a big thank you. (Applause) 
And uh, we're just really excited to have our hearts knit together with Gifts Church. David and I, David Beard and I, we were quite tearful at the airport. We hid our tears <laughs> as we disappeared into the departure lounge because we felt God really knitted our hearts together uh, with their church. And uh, so we know that God, God wants to keep the relationship with us and the church in Andola. And that God has got great things for that church um, because God's given you a gospel. And I know this, that they're, David and I recognize they are people, they love the Bible and they wanted to serve God purely and, and preach a, a different gospel, the, the true gospel in the face of much opposition uh, in the religion, in the land. So we're going to be with you, Gift. We're going to pray for you. We're going to love you and your guys. So we really appreciate you. Thank you. Anyway, guys, don't feel you have to rush away. If you want to hang around a bit, uh, talk and pray a bit, that's, that'll be great. If you want to talk to Gift, he's not running off till tomorrow. So feel free to introduce yourself. Yeah, just, um, I just, have any of you ever had a little mirror and you've tried to focus it on the sun so that it reflects the sun? You know, sometimes you do it with your watch and it catches the light and then you can sometimes shine it on other people. And if you shine a torch at someone, it's not usually that bright, but you catch the sun, you really blind someone, don't you? Yeah? And I'm just feeling, as what Gift was saying this morning, that you know, this amazing love of God, this amazing love of God, this amazing forgiveness, as we're just trying to focus on it, you're lining up your little mirror, you're lining up your little dial with that amazing love of God. So I just feel like before we sing, let's just close our eyes. What we're doing is we're lining up our little hearts with that amazing light, that amazing love of God. And then what we do with it when we go out in the world, we reflect it on the people around us. Yeah, so it won't reflect if I haven't caught it first. If I haven't got it shining off my heart, it won't reflect. It'll just be me. And I just feel this morning, let's, let's just, we've got to get that. We've got to get it shining on our hearts. So if you're not feeling it shining on your heart, you could do something about it. You can say, God, why won't it line up? Why, why am I not feeling this forgiveness? Why am I not appreciating this love? What's in the way? What's stuff that's got dumped on me that I can't feel? Your love this morning that I can't feel like I reflect something of your glory. And, and if anyone was reading the, um, the U version verse of the day today, it was about God's glory. God is glorious. And we're called to reflect that glory on the people around us in the world and, and our families. And yes, yeah, so maybe, maybe there's some people in your life that maybe people close to you and they just irritate you. It's just really hard to be kind. It's really hard to reflect that kindness of God. And you think, oh, that's going to be hard work. That makes me feel tired just thinking about it. Yes, so just bring that to God now. Bring that person to God. Say, God, I can't do this myself. I haven't got that sort of love. They just irritate me. They've hurt me. I don't want to do that. But if we turn our hearts to feel his love and to feel his forgiveness, we can reflect that on those people.
our week might be completely different because of this. Jesus. Jesus, you are this glorious, powerful God. Lord, we want to tune our hearts. Lord, let us feel and appreciate that amazing forgiveness. You came and got me in my mess. You even came and got us this morning in whatever mess we were in. (laughs) You brought us here and you're speaking to us and your power is here that we might make a difference in this world. As Barbara was just sharing there and as Gift was sharing, I felt like um, a sense of God wanting to commission us as a church in terms of like to go. Think so much we can receive the love of Christ but as Barbara is saying it's like we receive it on our watch and we want to share it and sometimes we can feel like Jonah and going I don't want to do that <laughs> I don't want to do that and I feel like God has placed things on people's hearts that maybe you've had for years and you've gone I don't ever want to think about that one Lord because what about this what about this what about this what about this and actually God wanting to go what about it what about it because I'm calling you And I just felt as Gift was sharing this, that we reign with God. We are saved so that we might reign with God. That we might be able to go into our workplaces and our schools and our universities, our neighbourhoods, our estates, reigning with Jesus. Not alone, reigning with him. And I really feel a sense of God wanting to impart. We've got like, this is an interesting Sunday for us as Bastard. We've got people from Hawaii. We've got people from Zambia who are on the front line sharing Jesus. And I think there's a sense of us going... God, what have you got for us? So I'm just going to pray for us and then maybe we could sing us together. But if you're feeling a sense of your heart kind of going, that thing that I buried or I wrote down in a notebook and I have no idea where it is, or maybe even as I'm speaking, you're feeling kind of a sense of, God, I want to actually have the boldness to go, the boldness to share Jesus, to reflect this light that has come into my life, to share the kindness and love that you have shown me. I'm just going to pray for us. You might want to put your hands out as almost like a receiving of a gift, kind of just as a posture of saying, God, would you help me? And I wonder, Gift, if you could pray for us. Is that all right? Oh, I know you're receiving as well. Mate, I'll pray, you pray, and we can all go for it. Lord, I thank you for this for gift, this wonderful gift for us today. And I pray, Lord, that as you have commissioned him in Zambia to share your good news, to love the poor, to, to p- p- disciple and mentor orphans, Lord, what beautiful one encouragement, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would recommission us today as a church. Lord, the things that you have placed on our hearts maybe many, many years ago, Lord, you would bring right to the forefront, Lord. We prayed, Holy Spirit, would you help us to reign with you as we've understood your love and your kindness I pray that you might help us to turn and reign with you Lord I pray that schools would be changed Lord I pray that neighborhoods would be changed Lord I pray that hospitals would be changed Lord I pray that workplaces would be changed businesses whole changed because you have commissioned us into those places Lord I pray for whole nations to be changed in the power of your name Jesus I pray that in the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and I pray Lord would you help us Lord Help us, Lord. Let us not shrink back, Lord, but let us go with boldness to where you've placed us, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us. We cannot do it without you, and we would not want to do it without you. I pray, Lord, that you might build us up, Lord, and send us out, Lord. Amen.